Hi, this is Michael Buffer, and welcome to the Box Hard Podcast. Hello, everyone. This is Mikey Garcia. It's the monster from the swamps, Regis Ruguru Program. Hey, what's up? This is King Carlos Molina, former IBF world champ. This is Michael, the bounty hunter, 2012 Olympian and your people's champ. This is Charlie Edwards, flyweight champion of the world. This is Fast Eddie Chambers, and you're listening to the Box Hard Podcast with my main man, Joey Coastman. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 329 of the Box Hard Podcast. I'm your host, Joey Coastman. I'm joined as ever by former heavyweight world title challenger, Mr. Fast Eddie Chambers. Eddie, how you doing, my man? I'm doing good, my man. How about you? Always good when speaking with you. That is the truth. Let's dive straight into the review part of the show. After that, we're going to welcome our special guest, who's, of course, fighting this this weekend um, in a huge fight in the States. Then, in part two, we'll do the news and the previewing. Let's get straight into the reviewing. Like I said, we're going to start here. Last Thursday, January 27th. It's unbelievable how quick this year's already going. We're already in February. Um, this one was at the Wizink Center, which sounds like a venue in Russia or something like that. The Wizink Center! But um, it's actually in Madrid, which is very strange. But anyways, a man, uh, something that's probably even stranger, a man that promoted the show, also boxed on the show, that man being Sergio Martinez. He boxed against Macaulay McGowan. Um, McGowan down in the seventh round and in the tenth and final round, lost pretty much every round there. A points win over ten unanimously for Sergio Martinez, 55-3 and three with two draws. He's talking about a Golovkin fight. Not so sure I'm on board with that one. Uh, moving out now, this one was, I think, uh, one of the two final cards to mention. This one took place... Um, at the Packard Music Hall in Warren, Ohio, USA. I'm not sure. I, in fact, I really doubt you saw it, Eddie. I, I think it was hard to... Um, it says it was on the zone. I didn't know it was on the zone. But anyway, Don King um, back with, with um, world title action. Quote-unquote world title action. Uh, I guess one fight he can get away with, but the other one not so much. But let's get to the big boys. Let's start with the not-so-much one. Trevor Bryan with a win. Uh, split decision over 12 rounds against Jonathan Gildry, or Gidry, who's now 17-1 and one with two draws. He's lost his O. Um, they had a fight 11 years ago in the amateurs, and Trevor Bryan won on points. On that occasion, he's won on points again here. 22-0. Still the WBA heavyweight world champion. Um, the regular titleist, of course. And the... I don't know if it was the main event or what. It was kind of weird. It was it was very weird, actually. A lot of Don King shows these days, um, you know, they have a couple fights live, and then they like to put on a, a whole fight that took place about 40 years ago. So, um, very weird scheduling. Anyways, Ilunga Makabu, 28-2, with a split decision win over 12 rounds. He successfully retains his WBC Cruiserweight World title against Tabiso Machunu, former opponent of... Eddie Chambers here. He's now 23 and 6. I've got to say, he was extremely hard done by. Um, you know, the pair had had a fight in the past where Makabu was able to knock out Machunu. I didn't know that actually last week. And um, this fight here, Machunu boxed excellently. Uh, I think some people were giving Makabu maybe two rounds, maybe three at a push, but somehow he managed to get the 
the decision, a split decision, like I say, Machunu devastated after the fight, he shoved Makabu when Makabu tried to shake his hand, um, so yeah, it's bad luck for Machunu, he goes back to South Africa, um, empty-handed, yeah, quite, quite upset for him, to be honest with you, good fighter, um, and yeah, doesn't really get it easy, um, moving out now to the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Tulsa, Oklahoma, USA. This one over here, I didn't see it. It was on ESPN. Just going to run through the results. Um, Nico Ali Walsh, the grandson of the greatest. 4-0 now. A TKO in round two against Jeremiah Yeager, who's now 1-2-1. One, um, like I say, Nico Ali Walsh, 4-0. and oh. And the main event, Robson Concesao, who was a slight underdog, the, the former world title challenger last time out, arguably beating Oscar Valdez. He got in with um, Xavier Martinez, who's now 17-1. and one. Like I say, Martinez was the slight favourite. I never understood why. I wish I would have bet on it. I didn't know enough about Martinez to comfortably have full faith in Contessao, but Contessao won absolutely every round, um, I think, across the board, maybe 9-1 to one on one card. But yeah, he completely, uh, according to the scorecards, dominated this fight here. Unanimous decision over 10. Contessao now 17-1, and one, and Martinez now 17-1, and one, of course, as well. Um, that is it, though, for the review part of the show. I've flown through that as quick as possible. It's now time before we wrap up part one to welcome our special guest on this week's podcast ladies and gentlemen please welcome the former wba super lightweight world champion it is of course mr mario barrios mario welcome back on the show my man yeah like i said always always a pleasure it really is my man it really is so mario we last spoke uh, back in June, it was it was a couple weeks, obviously, before that Javante Davis fight. Uh, I know it's obviously in the past now. It's probably something you want to stay in 2021. But if you can, just give me a couple words on that fight, Mario. You were doing so well. You were winning the fight on 99% of people's scorecards. Uh, Javante's power did eventually catch up with you, though. Just tell me a couple words on that, if you can. Uh, yeah, you know, it was um, it was a great fight. Regardless, you know, me and my team were were very happy with the performance that we had, and um, you know, it's 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 part of boxing, you know. Um, you know, we I still went out there. I displayed, you know, my my boxing skills. Uh, I showed, you know, I'm more than just you know a power puncher. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, you know, I, at the end of the day, I got to show everybody, you know, the the heart and the determination I have, you know, whenever I step into um, Know, the boxing ring and how did the rest of the year go for you obviously you didn't have another fight but was everything else okay were you in a perhaps dark place following the fight at all no you know um i am i'm thankful to have you know the team that i do uh you know the family you know that i have you know the the friends that you know i surround myself with um they all came in in you know good spirits um and uh you know after the tank fight i took uh took three weeks off you know just to rest my body rest my mind and then i was right back in you know the boxing gym uh waiting uh, to uh, to get the you know another fight i was hoping um to get it at least one more in you know before 2021 was up but you know that that didn't happen but you know no problem uh, because, you know, we had this huge opportunity, you know, in uh, early 2022. 
There we go. And let's talk about it. You're, you're looking to start the year with a bang here. You're taking on former unified welterweight world champion Keith Furman in Vegas this coming weekend. Firstly, you're moving up in weight. Um, obviously, it's at, it's at welterweight. Um, moving up in weight, though, is something you've been talking about for quite a while now, though, right? Yeah, yeah. It's been a, it definitely has been a long time coming. And um, But, you know, the opportunity is here. Um and you know we have you know a dangerous opponent in front of us you know to to test myself and uh you know i I never got away from uh a fight with anybody you know there's never been a name that I have turned down and um you know that's what makes this fight so exciting you know um it's it's getting all all, all the questions you know why Keith Thurman for your first fight you know why this guy you know why not take a lighter fight but it's because you know I'm not a I'm not scared to fight, you know, a dangerous fighter. Uh, I want, I want to test myself, you know, while, while I'm young, you know, while, uh, while my body can handle it. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm looking, you know, looking forward to uh, another exciting night against, uh, you know, a dangerous uh, opponent. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a fight I myself cannot wait to see. You're both obviously coming off losses. He's coming off a career longest layoff. Uh, we don't really know what he's got left. As we said, you're the one moving up in weight. There's so many tangibles at play here, not to mention he's decided to uh, make a controversial decision and cut his hair off. I don't know if it's going to affect him in any way in the ring. <laughs> um, what kind of Keith Furman are you expecting to show up, though, Mario? Or don't you really know, like the rest of us, we're not sure where he's at these days? Yeah, you know, um, you know, we're not we're not too sure either, but we're expecting um, a dangerous Keith Thurman for sure. You know, we're expecting a Keith Thurman, you know, who's well rested, you know, who has found, you know, his uh, his hunger, you know, his uh, his reason to come back. And um, you know, from all the videos and everything I've been getting tagged, in, you know, he looked in great shape. And uh, you know, I I hope he's a hundred percent, you know, because uh, a victory over. A Keith Thurman, any less than a hundred percent, you know, it's not, it's not good enough. Uh, you know, if we go out there and handle our business, you know, take care of, you know, of everything I had to do. Um, I don't want there to be, you know, any question or you know any doubt of, you know, of my abilities uh, when, when I'm in there with him. And it's such a good fight because obviously if you win, you become only the second man to beat him behind Manny Pacquiao. Uh, you do something that Danny Garcia failed to do, that Sean Porter failed to do, these established uh, top-class welterweights. It's it's almost like the perfect fight to catapult you right to the top of the, uh, I guess, welterweight contenders list. Yeah, I, um, absolutely. You know, when we were looking at this fight, when uh, it was originally brought up to me, um, of course, you know, I, I jumped on it right away. You know, I told my manager, you know, let's, let's do it. Let's make it happen. Um, I, lo- I love the, the idea of that fight. And, um, but, you know, that, that was just me speaking just because, you know, it was, it was um, you know, he was the most dangerous opponent, you know, that was, um, that was brought up to me. But then, you know, just looking at, at everything, you know, looking where, you know, this fight will, um, will put me in, in the division, you know, like how you said, you know, it'll, it'll kind of pull my name, you know, in there with, uh, you know, other great fighters, you know, who who aren't able, you know, to, uh, you know, to get a victory over him. So, you know, a victory over Keith Thurman, it, it, it does a lot for me and it, it does a lot for my career, you know. 
And I'm also excited because I've been interviewing you for a long time now, and um, I now get to ask you about the the welterweight division, the questions that the probably the most stacked division in boxing, talent-wise. Um, where do you think you fit in here, Mario? I know you obviously haven't had a fight just yet at the weight. Maybe this question is for after the fight, but how soon uh, would you like to, I guess, be mixing it with the the, the big dogs? That you know, in a realistic world, a win here. How soon after that can we see you in with another big, big name at the top? Um, you know, first thing first, you know, we gotta handle the business with Keith Thurman. Yes, but um, you know, I mean, I I'm taking you know, such a dangerous fight. You know, for you know, for a reason. You know, because you know, to show myself. You know, to show everybody in the boxing world that I am ready. You know, to be in there with with the big names. You know, with with the dangerous. You know, top ten at 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 welterweight. So you know, we're looking. You know, to you know to to jumpstart. You know, in the in the welterweight division for sure. Most people have the king of the division, either being Errol Spence or Terence Crawford. Do you identify one of those two guys as the best? If so, who? I think right now, you know, all of the the current champions are, are definitely the best. You know, we have um, Spence and Ugas, you know, that are gonna, you know, uh, unify, and uh, you know, the winner, you know, who comes out of you know that fight. Um, you know, there's only one way, you know, to you know, to tell who's number one, and you know, that's to finally get, you know, the um, the champions to fight. Um, but you know, like I said, you know, that's Nuga, you know, both both men, you know, who I have uh, supported and you know, rooted for in many fights. Uh, you know, um, some guys, you know, both I can consider friends, but uh, you know, there has to be, uh, you know, one winner, you know, at, at the end of the day, you know, and then after that, you know. Hopefully, you know, we can see a total unification fight with Terrence Carver, you know, who has um, who has always proved, you know, he is, you know, one one of the best in the division. And, um, you know, that's what makes, you know, this this way, uh, this division so exciting because there, there is so much talent. And, and um, you know, even aside from the champions, just, you know, everybody, you know, within the top 15 rankings, there is... Um, there's there's so much talent, there's so much so many great fighters, you know, to um, you know to make fights against. And my final question for you, Mario, because we we're seriously running out of time, of course. Um, two upcoming fights I want to get your prediction for, if I can. One being at welterweight, one being at super lightweight. Um, I'm just gonna throw them both at you. You can give me a short sentence how you think they're gonna go. Khan against Brook, um, and Ramirez against Pedraza. Well, the Khan and Brook fight, you know, Khan is uh, another, you know, good friend of mine. Uh, we have had plenty of, you know, camps together. Like you tell me, and uh, we have, we have got plenty of sparring you know, together in the Bay Area when, uh, you know, he goes out there and works with Virgil Hunter. Uh, you know, so of course, you know, I'm rooting for, you know, my my guy Khan and uh, the Pedraza and uh, Zamidis fight. I think that's a, a great fight for Zamidis. Um, he always has shown, you know, the type of warrior, you know, that, that he is when he, you know, steps in there. Um, you know, very similar to me, you know, never, never backs down, never, never quit. And, um, but, you know, Pedraza is, uh, he's, he's a dangerous fighter, you know, he's very sharp, uh, another very talented boxer. But, um, you know, I think with the, with that fight, though, I'm still going to lean with, uh, with Ramirez. Um, I'm hoping you know he can get back on track, 
uh, to where he wants to. And, uh, but yeah, those, those are my predictions for those fights. Yes, so many brilliant fights coming up and your fight, of course, kicks off all these brilliant other fights that's coming up in the coming weeks. But listen, Mario, as you already know, you're one of my favourite fighters. It's always a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you for your time. I wish you the best of luck for this coming weekend and I just love you, man. Montalou, Joey. I appreciate you, man. Okay, now it's time for part two on this week's show. This part, of course, the news part of the show. That's where we're going to start. Uh, There's a card that's been announced for Friday, the 25th of March, in the Utilita Arena in Newcastle. Um, It's Probellum's first UK fight card. Um, It's going to be packed with a lot of, um, you know, guys from the Northeast. You've got Lewis Ritson, Pat McCormack, um, Troy Williamson, uh, Thomas Patrick Ward, and a few others there. I'm not sure on their opponents just yet. I don't know if that's been announced. But um, yeah, it's it's cool to see Probellum obviously have their first UK show. And they've got talent. And they're, they're displaying them in the right part of the country. So that's cool to see. Um, Jesse Bam Rodriguez. That's the brother of Joshua Franco. He has signed a promotional deal with Matram Sports. Um, you know, that's, that's cool. And of course, there's more news coming with him. Uh, which we will get to. Um, But he's a tremendous fighter with a a really bright future, a lot of people feel. And it seems to be officially on, um, even though I'm kind of taking it with a pinch of salt because no one's quite sure when it's going to be, if it's definitely on. But the press release went out. Top Rank sent everyone an email saying it is on. Tyson Fury versus Dillian White. Um, No venue yet, no date yet. And some people are already doubting whether or not we're going to definitely see it take place. It's not a fight that I am am really that bothered about, to be honest with you. Um, I tell you what, it would be rude to not come to you here, Eddie. Um, Obviously, Tyson Fury coming off the win over Wilder. That's the end of the Wilder Fury saga. We know that. The book is closed on it. There's not really many other fights that Tyson, I think, needs to have, if any. Um, But the the people that that, uh, we want to see him in the ring with... Is, is pretty much two guys. It's Joshua and it's Usyk. Joshua because it's mega. It's mega in the UK. Usyk because it's a chance to get all the belts, uh, even though arguably he, he should have them. He's never lost any of them, and he's he's got all of them in his trophy cabinet. Um, but yeah, aside from that, the Dillian White fight, people will buy into it. People are going to get behind it. It's a big UK fight, but it's just not one that I'm that bothered about. You know, it's, it's I don't know. I'm not excited for it. And... Um, it's it's da- it's a dangerous fight. I would I would hate to see Fury lose somehow against Dillian White. I don't think he will, but it's it's a dangerous fight, and I'm not that I'm not that excited for it, Eddie. And honestly, it's the kind of fight that you're almost damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. I don't as much as I like Dillian. You know, I know him personally. He's good. He's a, he's a you know he's a nice guy. Went to camp actually at, with Tyson with him because you know we were. Uh, getting ready for uh, Tyson was getting ready for David Hay and like I say he's a good dude he's funny it's cool to be around but as far as his 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 ability to fight is is top level top shelf no doubt but I just don't think that he has um the capabilities when Tyson's in the right mindset and not doing too much which you know every once in a while can happen uh, I don't think he's going to be able to deal with what he has. He's, he moves too well. He boxes too well. Uh, he's, too, he's, he's extremely tall. 
obviously we know that and his boxing ability from distance is just unmatched so it's going to be kind of difficult for Dillian who likes to be somewhat on the outside himself to 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 get a foothold in the fight in my opinion I think you know the best obviously the best chance for him is you know landing a big shot and you know somehow getting control that way but other than that I don't see it and but he does still pose enough of a problem as a puncher because he can knock anyone out he catch you right he knock you out I just don't see it happening if Tyson stays behind his jab and, and boxes like he's supposed to and don't put himself too much in harm's way and you know you you look at Dillian and it's like he's been through so much in his career he's been passed over a few times or you know in a, in a sense for fights or at least having opportunities to fight big fights and, and win titles and it's just unfortunate it kind of reminds me of myself just not being able to get in the right position at the right time to get that title and to win it so if he is, you know, if he's able to get the fight, at least he has the opportunity to win. So I'm looking forward to seeing that for him. But I just, you know, I'm always behind Tyson and I'm always thinking, you know, just with his skill set and his ability, it's just going to be very, very difficult for anyone who's at the top level at this point in time to, to do really anything with him. We shall see. Um, but yeah, if the fight happens, which it's a big if at the moment, um, you know, we'll all be tuned in, of course. Um, in other news, Jesse Bam Rodriguez, just after signing with Matram, has now um, jumped straight in, uh, you know, on late notice with Carlos Quadras for the vacant WBC Super Flyweight World title, which takes place this weekend, of course. So he's had about, I don't know, probably a week's notice, maybe, maybe even less. And he jumped straight back in, uh, you know, straight in with Quadras, a, a, a top world level fighter, of course. And I think he's had to move up in weight as well for the fight, uh, Rodriguez. Um, and this was after uh, Rungvasai had to pull out of the fight. He became ill. So um, credit there to Jesse Bam Rodriguez. What a week he's had. Signing with Matt Truman, getting a world title fight at the weight above. Unbelievable. Um, in other news, we have the fight rescheduled. Jesse Vargas and Liam Smith, they get it on. It's now going to be on the undercard of Katie Taylor and Amanda Serrano, which takes place at the Madison Square Garden in New York, April 30th, live on the zone. Uh, should be a good fight. Um, I, I never really felt it was a bill-topping kind of fight, in my honest opinion. I don't think the quality, uh, you know, or the, I guess, uh, value of the fight is, you know, is, is bill-topping, uh, bill-topping, I don't know what, what word I'm trying to find, but it's not a bill-topping fight, I don't think, I never thought it was, it's a good undercard fight, it's a solid undercard fight, two former world champions, good ones, but for me, it didn't really ever have that main event value. Um, in other news, we have the fact that Franchon Cruz Dezern, um and Ellen Sederuz, I think her name is said, will be clashing for the undisputed super middleweight world titles again on the undercard of uh, Katie Taylor and Amanda Serrano once again, April 30th at Madison Square Garden. So that is shaping up to be a good card. Uh, you know, two women's world title fights for all the belts in their respective weight classes. I mean, we're going to see two undisputed champions, providing there's no draws, of course. And in other news, and it's the final piece of news, it's another uh, female boxing piece of news as well. We've got Savannah Marshall defending her world title in Newcastle on March the 12th. It's going to be live on Sky Sports. She gets in with Femke Hermans, who 
He's a former opponent of um, of Clarissa Shields. Clarissa Shields went the distance with her back in 2018. Of course, it goes without saying, Savannah Marshall and Peter Fury will be aiming for the KO, which uh, is something that Clarissa couldn't deliver there. But we shall see what happens. That's it for the news, though. Moving on now to the preview part of the show. We're going to start here with this card. It's big. It's juicy. It's taking place on Saturday at the Motor Point Arena in Cardiff, Wales. I'd love to be there. It's going to be on Sky. I'm certainly going to be watching it live. Um, very interesting undercard. I'm going to start with that. Caroline Dubois, the sister of Daniel Dubois. She was in the Olympics. Um, she takes on Vader Masio-Kate, who's 2-14 and 14 with four draws. Caroline Dubois making her debut. It's going to be great to see her. Hope they show it on the telecast, but there's a lot of uh, fights you know, to mention. Um, Harlem Eubank, the cousin of Chris Eubank Jr., friend of the show as well, 12-0. He gets in with Virial Simeon, a guy that's certainly been around the block, 22-7, been in there with, who's he been in with? I want to say Scott Quigg, I want to say Lee Selby, definitely got in there with Shakur Stevenson. He is very seasoned. It's, it's, it's quite a big step up, really, for Harlem Eubank, even though Simeon, at this stage, probably doesn't have too much to offer. Another great fight, um, Otto Wallin, 22-1 in a six-rounder against the heavyweight hard man Camille Sokolowski I think probably coming off that win over George Fox or did he have a fight in between then and now not sure but he of course upset the apple cart against George Fox we know how dangerous he is he arguably beat David Adelaide um, come close and arguably beat um, Lucas Brown the list goes on knocked out Nick Webb you know this guy is a complete and utter danger man but Otto Wallin I think will have enough to deal with Sokolowski I, I tell you what if there's odds on that fight Otto Wallin points I would put my house on that 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 for me I think is going to happen elsewhere on the card and it is a strange undercard as I said we've got Chris Jenkins 22-4 and four with three draws in an eight rounder against former unified super lightweight world champion Julius Indongo 23-4 and four. I think he's only won one of his past five fights he got knocked out by um, by good fighters though to be honest with you he got knocked out I think in, in, four, in all four of those losses and off the top of my head I want to say the first one was Terence Crawford uh, the second one was Regis Progray. The third one, I can't remember who it was. And the fourth one, I think, was Hassan Mwakinyo, who'd once knocked out Sam Eggington. Um, so, yeah, I don't think he's got much left. But Chris Jenkins, it's a big step up for him. It's by far, on paper, the best fighter he would have been in the ring with. Um, there's a great fight as well on the undercard between Samuel Antwi, 13-1, against Connor Walker, 10-0 with a draw. That one over 10 rounds for the English welterweight title. We've also got Clarissa Shields in the UK unbelievable 11 and 0 she gets in with Emma Cosin who's 21 and 0 with a draw that's over 10 two minute rounds for the WBC WBA IBF and WBF world female middleweight titles Clarissa Shields defending them all of course and the main event Chris Eubank Jr 31 and 2 he's got Roy Jones Jr in the corner with him he gets in with Cardiff's very own Liam Williams. I'm not even sure if he's from Cardiff, so I shouldn't say that because um, I can't remember off the top of my head. But obviously from Wales, and um, you know this is a huge homecoming for him. There's no better opponent to bring to Cardiff where the people are going to be booing Eubank and the people are going to be cheering for Liam Williams. 23 and three with a draw. Friend of the show. Um, unbelievable fight. I've seen. If if you haven't, if you're listening to me now, you haven't seen that. That episode of The Gloves Are Off with Eubank Jr. and Liam Williams, it's a good watch. There's a lot of tension there. There's a lot of 
dislike, genuine dislike between the pair, and um, yeah, it's it's going to be really good. I'm I'm so looking forward to this card. It's going to be unbelievable. Um, my pick. I, of course, want Liam Williams to win. Um, I can see Eubank Jr. being outboxed. I can see it. I can see Eubank Jr., though, landing heavy shots on Liam Williams and hurting him. Um, I can't see Liam Williams knocking Eubank Jr. out, I don't think. I think that's the most unlikely outcome, um, if I'm being honest. But I can see it going the distance. Um yeah, I can see it going the distance, that fight there. It's going to be an unbelievable fight. Uh, moving out now to the Footprint Center in Phoenix, Arizona, USA, over here. Carlos Quadras, 39-4 with a draw, fighting for the vacant WBC Super Flyweight World title against Jesse Bam Rodriguez, who, of course, is 14-0, moving up in weight. It's it's over 12 rounds, of course, that one there. We've also got one of the hottest prospects in world boxing, Raymond Ford, 10-0 with a draw in a 10-rounder here against Edward Vasquez, who's 11-0. That one's for the, for the uh, not vacant, it is Raymond Ford's title. It's for the WBA Continental America's featherweight title. Also, a female uh, world title fight, Jamie Mitchell, 7-0 with two draws. She ripped the title away from Shannon Courtney. Doesn't look like there's going to be a rematch there, which is... Very surprising. Um, Jamie Mitchell, 7-0 with two draws, defending the WBA female bantamweight world title against the UK's very own Carly Skelly, who's 4-0 with a draw. Um, elsewhere on the undercard, we've got... Uh, um, no, no, that's the wrong bill. Sorry, that is it for that one. Yep. Moving out now to the Michelob Ultra Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada, USA. Over here we have on the undercard, Lewis Neary, 31-1, getting in with Carlos Castro, 27-0. Could be a great fight there. We've got Fernando Vargas. He is the son of Fernando Vargas. He's 4-0 with four KOs. He looks exactly like his dad. Um you know, his dad did in his younger days. He gets in with Cody Kaboski, who is 2-0. Somebody's oh must go. Um, we've got Leo Santa Cruz. We had him on last week's show. It's his 41st pro fight, 37-2 and with a draw in a 10-rounder there against Keenan Carbajal, who's 23-2 and, and, uh, and two with a draw. Hasn't lost a fight for seven years. Um, and, yeah, I think he's lost... Uh, one was by KO, one was on points early on in his career. Uh, elsewhere on the card, we've got Jesus Ramos, who's 17-0, getting in uh, with Vladimir Hernandez, 13-4. That one's over 10 rounds. We've got Abel Ramos, 27-4, with two draws in a 10-rounder against Lucas Santamaria, who is 12-2 with a draw. I think that's a late replacement opponent there. And, of course, all over to the main event. We just spoke to the man involved in the fight. Um, Mario Barrios, 26-1, getting in with former world champion Keith Furman, 29-1. Um, both guys coming off a loss, Eddie. Uh, of course, Mario Barrios, you know, coming off that loss last time out to Javante Tank Davis in round 11 in a fight he was arguably winning, not on the judges' scorecards, mind you, but on a lot of people's scorecards on social media. He's getting in with him. He's moving up in weight, that extra seven pounds. Someone reminded me as well, he was down at 130 Barrios about 10 fights ago, went up to 135 to 140. Now here he is at 147. Keith Furman, no one has got any idea what he's got left. He's coming off that loss to Pacquiao two and a half years ago. He's cut his hair off. He does look like the same guy will he be able to be the same fighter he once was eddie tell me about the fight <laughs> uh, uh 
you know, it's, it's all in to me what Keith Thurman still has, you know, as, as, as a fighter and whether he's still going to bring the noise with the power and, and just in general uh, with his, you know, with his style, you know, pretty decent boxer, um, you know, better than pretty decent, obviously he's at the top of the game, but um, having two and a half years off is tough sometimes. Sometimes though, it's a needed break. Sometimes you need to give your body a chance to really, really recover. And you need sometimes to spend time with family and, and just to maybe miss it a little bit. And I think sometimes that's a good, it could be a good thing. But when you're jumping right back in with somebody who's one of the top guys in the world, it makes it kind of hard. So um, as far as Barrios coming up, uh, you know, to, to 47, previously being at 35 and getting, and get, and getting stopped, by tank at 140 it's tough to say whether or not that's why i said i think it's all up to uh to keith thurman and what he has and whether he can land that because if you even though tank is i feel like a hell of a puncher and i think he'll even be able to be a pretty decent puncher at 140 this is we're talking about 147 now we're talking about guys who have been at the weight class pretty much most of their careers or you know come down so it's, you know, it could be a, a little bit of, well, not a little bit. It's going to be a, a pretty decent difference in power and possibly strength. And even though he hasn't been knocking a lot of guys out recently, Keith Thurman, once you get to the top of the game, that doesn't happen as often unless you're like a Klitschko or something, you know, because that's just the way that, you know, it's, it's an heavyweight division. But in most cases, the knockouts don't continue like they did when you were on your way up. So, um, but in this case, I feel like I don't, it's not, I'm not saying it's a safe bet. This guy's, this guy Barrios, obviously a serious, serious contender. He's a good fighter. And we really don't know what Heath Thurman's going to be like coming, coming off a two and a half year layoff. So um, if I think if this is the Keith Thurman of old, he may get him out. He may get him out. But if he, this is a rusty guy who, is you know still got something, but it's a little rusty. It's I'm looking like it's it could probably be a decision going for uh, for Thurman, but uh, it's still an interesting fight. I mean, you know, both guys I'm pretty sure obviously coming to win, and Keith Thurman has to really uh, he has to really impress. Looking around at the, at his weight class, there's still a lot of there's a lot of there's a lot of competition there, and he's got to show that he's still worthy of being in 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 the conversation of one of the top guys. I really like the analysis from you there, Eddie. Um, it's it's a great fight. I've been looking forward to it from the moment it got made. Um, I'm a huge Keith Thurman fan, which is a very unpopular thing to say in 2022. But I, I've always been a big Keith Thurman fan for years now. Um, Mario Barrios, obviously, huge friend of the show. Certainly pulling for him to get the win. Um, I've got a feeling he's going to get the win. I really do. And I, I base that off of the fact that I mean, the only thing that's going against him is the size difference. That's the only thing. He's tall. You know, Barrios isn't small. He's going to probably look quite good at the weight. Um, but the fact that, obviously, he was down at 130, etc., etc., that's the one thing going against him. Other than that, everything is in his favor, I think. I think, um, you know, the facts. I'm not talking about boxing skill-wise. Obviously, Keith Furman at his peak was, you know, would have been a clear favorite against Barrios. It has to be said. But just the other tangibles, like the inactivity and the fact that 
um, Barrios has been active. The age factor, the fact that Barrios has possibly still yet to get to his best level. You'd say that Furman is probably past it now. I think that's fair to say. Um, a lot of different things make me point towards Barrios. Um, the fact that, you know, people are talking about Keith Furman getting him out of there and he hasn't got a knockout for for six and a half years and it was against Louis Calazzo, who, of course, um, was well past it then, let alone, you know, I think he still boxed in 2021, Louis Calazzo. So, you know, he was well past it then and he carried on, but that's the last time that Furman knocked anyone out and the time before that that he knocked someone out was Julio Diaz back in 2014. So we're now going back eight years um, and both of those knockouts by the way, were both retirements in the corner. He didn't actually knock them out. Um, his last proper, proper knockout was against Jesus Soto Carras back in uh, back in December 2013. These are all concerns for me. I think that Keith Furman as well, when he takes a long time out of the ring, which there's not too much to base it off of, he only did it um, he did it uh, once before when he took some time out after beating Danny Garcia. He came back against Josecito Lopez, had to hold on for dear life. Um, he was in all kinds of trouble in that fight. Almost got knocked out. Um, and, you know, he, he scraped the victory against Josecito Lopez. But he was he was coming off two years out the ring. And then he went straight in with Manny Pacquiao. And some people forget how good he performed against Manny Pacquiao. It was a really close fight. It was a split decision loss. You know, one of the judges gave it to Keith Furman. It was Glenn, Glenn Feldman, by the way. But um, it was a really, really close fight, despite Furman being down in the very first round. He actually looked really good again. But obviously, Pacquiao was too good on that night there. But then he's gone away again for another two and a half years. I'm just saying, the one time he went away for two years, he come back and looked horrible. And now he's gone away for two and a half years, coming off the first loss of his career. Has the hunger gone? Is he going to look even worse than he did against Soto? Uh, sorry, against Josecito Lopez. If he does, Mario Barrios is the man to get him, and it's a big, it's a brilliant fight for him. It makes so much sense for Barrios. It's a it's a good opponent to get to to come up to welterweight. If you beat this guy, you're the only person to do it. Um, you know, aside from Manny Pacquiao, and if you knock him out, by the way, which is certainly possible because Barrios can punch, um, then it's a huge, huge statement. So I'm pulling for Barrios to win. My prediction is. I think it goes a distance. I don't think anyone gets stopped. I think Furman's power isn't what it used to be. Um, the layoff as well. I don't think he's going to come back and look super sharp because he didn't before. So I think he... And I think he's going to need to pace himself after being out the ring that long. I don't think he's going to want to empty the you know, empty, empty the tank early on in the fight. So I think he's going to pace himself. And, you know, I think he's going to be... It's a 12-round fight. No belt on the line. But I think he's going to need that that energy late on as well to, to keep up with the younger, the younger, fresher Barrios. So I think he's certainly going to pace himself. And I think it goes late. I think it goes points. I think Barrios probably will struggle to hurt Furman because, you know, Furman has been in there with some great fighters. Never really... I mean, aside from that comeback fight against Josecito Lopez, you know, hasn't really been hurt much. Obviously was down against Pacquiao in his last fight, but that that's not something that happened often. He had a good chin, Furman, you know, so I don't think that Barrios is going to get him out of there. You know, Furman being a bigger guy, he's used to the punches of guys at 147. I don't think Furman will be knocked out. I don't think Barrios is going to get knocked out. I think it goes points, and I think that Barrios... I think that Barrios can win the fight on points. I think that's. I think I'm picking Barrios to win, but I think he. I think 
when pushed by myself, <laughs> I think I'm going to go with a Barrios win on points. I'd like to see the odds on that. Barrios is certainly the underdog uh, for good reason as well, really. But um, Barrios is very good. Do not sleep on Barrios. Anyways, that is it for that one. And the final card to mention takes place at the Austin State University in Clarksville, Tennessee, USA. Um, you know, whenever a guy has come on the show before, it's my duty in my eyes to read out to the listeners whenever the the guest uh, is having a fight. And it is time now to mention it's a 10-round fight between Tyler Tomlin, who's 12-0, very, very cool guy, in a 10-rounder here against Charlie Serrano, who's 16-6 and with two draws. All the best there to Tyler Tomlin. But that is everything, though, for... This week's show in part one, of course, we did the review part. Then we brought you our special guest, Mario Barrios, in part two. We've just finalized the preview part. And before that, we did the news. There was a lot to mention. That's it, though. The final thing for me to do is to come in with the outro, which I'll do in just a few seconds. Okay, and this wraps up episode 329 of the Box Hard Podcast. I've been your host, Joey Coastman. Eddie Chambers has been with me for the duration of the show. A huge thank you to our special guest, the former WBA super lightweight world champion, Mario Barrios. The biggest thanks of all, though, goes out to you, the listeners. But that's about everything from myself. Enjoy your weekends, people. Stay safe, and we shall see you all again next week.